0: Welcome to the Football Ramble. Richarlison finally gets his first Premier League goal for Spurs. Klopp does a hammy and Seagulls are tougher than Wolves. It's Monday the 1st of May. I'm Jules Breach. I'm
3: Jim Campbell. I'm Eddie Russell. And I'm the
0: Hello, everyone. It's been a proper weekend of Barclays, hasn't it?
3: Very Barclays-heavy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Top-heavy
0: <laughs> Barclays, that was. So many good stories to bring you. Um, Jim, let's start with you. What's your highlight? Um,
3: Spurs in, being Spurs? Um, <laughs> we'll, well, we'll get on to that. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go on... Not going to go early on that because we are at the business account end of this <laughs> wonderful, wonderful set of Barclays, aren't we? But I'm going to go for it's actually in the Brighton and Hove Albion game. two um, goals in, in Martin Keown's post-match analysis on Match of the Day. He was, he was describing Pascal Gross's first goal, and he said, "Look at the way he puts that away with a plum." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, with he a plum. Yes, I love that. <laughs> what
3: does he think that phrase means? <laughs>
4: We so, yeah, you, could you be, It looked so easy or he was so assured that it was like he was eating a plum while doing it. <laughs> I like that.
3: It does seem quite opulent, doesn't it? Like you sat on a chaise lounge. Yeah. However you say that. Is it like Ironic.
1: What, <laughs> is it like if you sort of scored a goal and like flicked an olive up in the air and caught it in your mouth or something like that? Is it that sort of business?
0: Maybe. I like that. Oh, it was a yeah. brilliant goal though. Which one? On. which one it's the first
3: one actually so
0: yeah. not even the best one it wasn't even his best one that's what he was on about mm. oh there you go
4: I was really worried that we might not talk enough about Brighton with Jules on the show <laughs> yeah, sorry <mate. laughs>
0: Sorry, Bish. Man United, we're alright this weekend, but you know, not as good as Brighton, were they?
4: Yeah. Have you made plans for June the third now that you've now there's three or have you made plans for Thursday night when
0: Brighton get a bit of revenge?
4: Oh well done. <laughs> 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 you uh, might move up to seven.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, I'm gonna talk about my highlight Go now, on, and it's very anti-Brighton, and you'll understand why. Uh, so QPR. Um, sealed their survival on the weekend with a 1-0 win away to Stoke City. I'd like to draw your attention to the statistics, specifically two of them. Uh, QPR had 18% of the ball (laughs) and their expected goals was 0.02. Wow. Compared to Stoke, who had 82% of the ball and their expected goals... 0.00 point naught. oh wow how? if ever if ever you didn't need to see a game if ever like you know, i've got a few QPR friends and they would i had a friend who went up there and he refused to tell me about the game it doesn't matter <laughs> we're safe i was like but how does it it doesn't matter we're safe uh, and so that was that was my highlight my I got close second was Archie ryan tart being um uh thomas tuchel uh you know, saying that he liked his jacket, which was very sweet.
0: It was very sweet, wasn't it? By the way, Vish, on that QPR story, you know that the game previous, they also beat Burnley, who are the the champions of the championship with nineteen percent possession. <laughs> so it's quite a talent from Gareth Ainsworth to put back to back wins together with less than 20% possession. I think
4: you're being very kind to him there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a talent.
0: Andy, what was your highlight?
1: My highlight of the weekend is going to be uh, Kylian Mbappe's goal. One that will live long in the memory. Mm. Uh, I think Noxie dribbled around four players and smashed it in the top corner, but against uh, Lorient. So, Ivan Virgo, the goalkeeper, has got the ball and um, he thinks it's a free kick. He puts it in front of him and Mbappe just runs around the front, puts it in anyway. They go absolutely mad, Lorient. They start getting after the referee and, and what have you. And Mbappe has just stood there on the halfway line, pulling his, his stockings up and laughing. Stockings. I love that, <laughs> that they are. Like, tights. <laughs> pulling up his
3: bloomers. Very Parisian. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 pulling, I, 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 pulling up so. his lingerie. Yeah.
0: I have seen this goal and it's one where I was like, hang on a minute, how did he know? I know. It's clever, actually. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's, it's not quite... Gary Crosby and Andy Dibble for our older listeners it, it's reminded me a little how bit how old of are who? we talking yeah. the li-
4: these listeners <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, 1940s. <laughs> uh, yeah. that it,
1: silly Yeah, it's more like do you remember when Dion Dublin crept up behind Shay Given yeah. and he didn't know <laughs> he was there but you were saying to me uh, that uh, he was actually <laughs> he was actually um <laughs> he was actually stood next to him wasn't he
4: <laughs> he was yeah, um,
1: yeah and Vogo definitely thought he was a free kick Basically,
4: yeah, he did, but then, like it looked like there was a bit of back and forth between them. And Mbappe did well not to, you know, keep a straight face to show his to not show his hand exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. of course, the fact is that PSG went on to lose that game three one at home to Lorient, so they. Like they definitely needed that goal anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, my highlight of the weekend. Uh, anyone want to take any guesses? <laughs> Have we
3: sort of mentioned it already?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 6 nil, baby. Um, We'll come on to that in a minute because uh, we will go into Brighton potentially their chances for Europe. But let's start with Liverpool beating Tottenham 4-3 in an absolutely chaotic match at Anfield. I don't even know where to start with this one, guys. It was absolute mania. It had
3: everything, didn't yeah. it? And it was so aggy as well. It yeah. was like, the sense that like you know, after with the, the way the result went, you think it would be a sort of euphoric ending, but no, every, everyone is fuming at everyone. <laughs> just so angry. I love it. It was it was what a spectacle. Absolutely incredible. But and you
1: kind of called it, Jim, because you put in the group when Liverpool are 3-0 up that they've totally taken their eye off the ball. This is going to be 3-2, Yeah, 4-0. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It
3: felt like both Liverpools had turned up. You know, there's been a, been a sense of them being a bit, a bit unpredictable this season yeah. in, in terms of their focus just seeming to completely drop away sometimes. They don't seem to be particularly good at... Um, game management Mm. in the way that we've seen from them in the past and this is a really great example of that because Spurs really felt like they were going to get into it Ryan Mason was saying after the game among a lot of things um, (laughs) that that you know they they created the better chances and stuff and you know they hit the post a couple of times and like it sounds mad after the result but I don't think he's wrong you know they they really really had a lot of opportunities they carved that really well and I think a lot of that came from Liverpool just sort of taking their eye off the ball a little bit and having raced into that 3-0 lead not like absolutely killing it off
4: I'd understand if they were a little bit tentative given that it's you know quite a big shock to be 3-0 up that early on in the game but having seen what happened at Newcastle the week before yeah. did they not just think oh remembering we can, we can, yeah we can just keep going
3: remembering what they did to man united Sorry to bring it up again. But like it's... Bring it up again. <laughs> but,
4: but even that, like th- that was a little bit different because it was only really in the second half that they probably went on that run. You know, they scored late in the first half. This was like, we know how bad this team are. We should just keep
1: doing this. They're yeah. not, not going to stop us hitting in them. The, <laughs> in, the first, in the first 15 minutes, it was this was exactly what happened last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Right.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. they're so silly. They're such a silly team. Uh, to, to lose the game like that. People talk about the, the, the um, cocker on the badge actually being a chicken. I think it's a silly goose.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. that's
3: what the bird on the badge for Spurs is. Like, the, the Richarlison situation is so funny. Oh. The, the, the geese big... are
1: all right. The, the, leave geese out It's a of silly
3: bit.
4: goose. Oh.
0: A goose? Does <laughs> <laughs> no one know that reference?
4: Yeah, I do, yeah. Again, for the older listeners. <laughs>
0: it's not that old. Liar Liar was not that old. Liar Liar
4: is an old film. Yeah, Very 90s, surely.
0: Yeah, but it's, like, top tier, right? Top three films I think of all
1: Jim time. I think Jim Carrey was wearing uh, Archie's Tracksuit top <laughs> in
0: <isn't> it.
1: 1997. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 top we'll three see.
1: films of all yeah. time, This is taking <laughs> time,
0: isn't
4: it? 100%. Can
3: we can we not lose focus on how silly Spurs <laughs> all right, are? Oh, my that's yeah. Spurs. So there's a, a huge tweet doing the round from a, 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 an account called The Beautiful Groan that said Richarlison Season, goal, take shirt off, disallowed, booked. Goal! Take shirt off. Disallowed. Sent off. Goal! Take shirt off. Does chicken dance. Booked. <laughs> Liverpool go up the other end and win it anyway. He was made for Spurs. I mean, it is unbelievable the the sheer amount of of Spurs in the bed that they managed to fit into that game.
4: Also, like if you're gonna if you're gonna push your fans to the point of leaving early, at least have decency to do it closer to home.
3: Yeah. So all those fans who left early, presumably listening on the radio. Got the feeling of, oh, we shouldn't have left. And then, yeah, then like, also no, they lose the game.
0: We so, did the right thing. Yeah, well, Yes, Eventually. We yes left.
1: Yesterday, Danny Kelly was saying to me the best point to have left would have been after the equaliser, because you're like, well, we might. Yeah. pulls it up from here but at least I can go home thinking we got an incredible draw from <laughs> 3-0 down I think that's sound reasoning
4: they wouldn't have had time to leave after the equaliser though yeah. no
0: it was like what 90 seconds later not, not even have got to the gate yeah you oh, you do, God,
1: you do, oh. you'd just be having your wee before you got in the car
0: there was yeah. that so obviously yeah. the, the, after the Newcastle game they um, refunded the Spurs fans tickets didn't they and Gary Neville in the commentary said they should set up a direct debit for Spurs yeah. fans <laughs> for all of their it, said, it was the
1: most Tottenham thing you'll ever see yeah. Yeah. with the air with the entertainment there i think this week it's only fair spurs fans should pay double for that <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it's actually it, very true
1: yeah. yeah yeah that's a fair point
4: there is was it, is there an element of um so you know when richarlison scored i don't know if you saw but uh song human ran immediately uh, ran to immediately ryan to ryan mason which he did yeah. in the spurs game sorry in the united game on thursday as well um and uh steb stafford bloor who uh very good journalist for the Athletic. Uh, does stuff for Tifo Football as well. He's a Spurs fan, and I, this might show kind of how how low some Spurs fans are. But he was talking about how it's just nice to have a manager he likes, and it's just oh. nice to, like the idea that like, we might soon be looking forward to football again. And they, made the, you know, other Spurs fans were making an interesting point about a comparison between Spurs this season and Manchester United last season, where it does feel like like a, a pit of despair it doesn't take that long to turn it around. Even little things like having someone you actually root for in the the dugout, for example. um, It's just you've got to stop conceding all those goals at the start of games, isn't it? That's quite quite a big part of it. It is a weird
3: situation, isn't it? Because actually... It doesn't really like at this moment in time feel like that much of a crisis because they are going to change it in the summer. All right, they'll be really disappointed to miss out on the Champions League, which is which does look likely, although it's not not impossible. It's a little but bit of a walk a of shame, of, isn't it? We just have yeah, to get to the summer. Absolutely, I yeah. think a, a lot of fans probably will have made their peace with that by now. But like, none of this matters right I, now. I
1: don't think that's right, Jim, because I think you look at where they are in the table. You look at the teams around them. Uh, like you look at Villa surging. You look at Brighton. See you They they could end up they could end up with nothing. Like Brighton.
0: (laughs) Piss off. We'll come on to Brighton in a minute. Um, Let's just focus a bit on that crazy ending to the game because, as we pointed out, so Richarlison, he finally gets his first Premier League goal for Spurs. He takes off his shirt. He does this chicken dance. Yeah. They think they've rescued a point. And then, down the other end, Jota then goes and scores. Lucas
3: Moura, though, plays an absolutely incredible through ball.
0: First
4: time as well. Yes. yeah.
0: Oh, it's just, it, it's ridiculous, isn't it, when you think about it? And then the complaints from Spurs fans are that Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch as well because he should have been sent I off mean, yeah, I think a that's a very high boot. Does anyone agree Fair. with that?
4: Yeah,
1: yeah I, agree. Agree. I mean, it's a clear sending off, you'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll They're see, very see.
3: hard done by there. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a great day <clears throat> from Paul Tierney, as one or two people may have commented on.
0: Yeah, let's get on to that because um, after Jota scores the winner... Jürgen Klopp goes and basically celebrates in the fourth official's face. And as he runs over, he pulls his hamstring. It's sensational <laughs> stuff, it was isn't hilarious. it? We were all absolutely in stitches watching that in the WhatsApp group tweet, uh, texting each other, weren't we? It was yeah. brilliant.
3: It's, I mean, it's, it is a little distasteful, isn't it? The way Klopp runs over to the fourth official and sort of screamed in his face. He gets very, very... That's just emotional. It's just unacceptable
1: behavior on on every level. But the thing that I love about Jurgen Klopp, I'm sure I've said it on here before, is the fact that amongst all coaches, people will think, people will generally think Klopp is a great bloke. He is the Premier League manager you would most like to go for a drink with. But the fact is, he does this sort of thing quite a lot. The difference is between him and other managers, he always apologizes afterwards. He does, but he, I think... So it's like you can do whatever you want as long as you apologise. And people remember the apology. But they that, don't remember what you actually that's right. did. That,
4: that's a straight... That's an interesting thing because I noticed yesterday he said, oh, you know, I went and celebrated in the fourth official's face and I pulled my hamstring." So I suppose it's fair. And yeah, I
0: was like, he was like, that's my punishment. He's like, no, mate, that's not the punishment. No. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, just did your hammy. <laughs> if, if
3: I like, You're just old, mate. If I punched you now and immediately went, sorry, I shouldn't have done that, while everyone's still emotional and, and sort of het up and like suffering the effects of the awful thing, um, I don't think that really
0: no, but, feels
3: but, sincere. But it also, feels like, Jim, oh, I know you... I've got to do this, so I'm just going to get it out of the way.
0: If you punched Vish, but whilst punching Vish, you hurt your arm... You can then go. Well, I've hurt my arm too, so it's fine. Yeah. It shouldn't count. I think we of saying.
4: weird of Jules to linger on that first. Bit. Yeah.
0: How about we all punch Vish <laughs> to see whether this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: he's he's <laughs> very muscular. So I think that, we uh, come I on,
1: Jules. Only, only for Patriots <laughs> Ten dollars
4: a month. The other the other thing about the you know, I, I'm someone who thinks Klopp's very charismatic, and I and sometimes I've excused that over-exuberance towards officials and. Generally, a bit of nastiness because you know he's we, we we love the idea of, of bad winners because often the best sorry bad losers because often the best winners are bad losers and mm. blah 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 we yeah. perpetuate that. Um, he has a lot of currency, a lot of, a lot of social and professional clout in football, and to have called out Portini whatever issues he does have with him, and whether he's right or wrong to have them or whatever, or whether it's completely justified. But someone someone like him calling out a referee, any referee, is so damaging just to even just even for like Paul Tierney's career
1: because yeah. that's suddenly now a thing I agree he you know. should get the book thrown at him for this you can't be coming out like that and and, and questioning like a referee's integrity like that I, I just think it's really really poor Say the jo- PG- and, and the thing is not from anything particularly controversial like we said with the Jota thing Yeah, Liverpool kind of Came up in the plus from it, Yeah, really. they were on
0: the right side of that decision, yeah. weren't they? And um, The PJMOL have actually released a statement on Monday morning saying that all of those conversations are recorded. So when Jurgen Klopp was shown a yellow card after that incident with the fourth official, they do have voice recordings of it. And in Jurgen Klopp's post-match interview, he suggested that something maybe unprofessional, was said by Paul Tierney to him. And the PGMOL have released a statement this morning saying that they're quite happy with what Paul Tierney had to say and that he yeah. handled himself in a professional manner. So I wonder what Jurgen Klopp was referring to or what he took offence to there, because there was there must have been a reason for him to say Mishheard. it. Because he, maybe. May, maybe I, he misheard it. I don't
1: know, because obviously it's going to be loud. But I, I would love to see that getting played back to him yeah. so he knows... That he's wrong. By
0: the way, that, I love I loved the post-match interview because you, it almost felt to me like so Patrick Davison's the interviewer for Sky, and uh, it almost felt to me like he asks Jürgen Klopp a question, and Jurgen Klopp clearly says more than he wants to say. Yeah, and he starts walking off midway through like his final answer, and and the interviewer just like grabs him and goes, No, 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 don't leave yet. We want you to say even more. And he tries to get more out of him, and Jurgen Klopp, I think, realizes at that point. I've definitely said too much.
3: Yeah, totally. He was. He also said some pretty snippy things about Ryan Mason uh, when he was confronted with Ryan Mason saying that Diego Jota or Diego Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch. And I, I do understand as well. We we should point out as that there is a strong argument that Oliver Skip shouldn't have been there in the first place because of that the challenge he made. Um, but the the way he was talking about Ryan Mason seemed a bit distasteful as well. But I guess this is just this is just part of Klopp's character, isn't it? And it's part of why he's so entertaining is that he is still living at 1,000 miles an hour in those post-match interviews.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's entertaining anyway. Um, what do we think about Liverpool's chances for qualifying for the Champions League then, Andy? Do you think that they're still in with a shot or do you think because no. of Newcastle and United's wins this weekend, they're, um, <laughs> nope. they've got no chance?
1: No, I, th- I, th- I, think it's, I think it's gone. I think it's gone. Um, for, for them, after the last, after this calendar year, I, th- I think fifth is quite an acceptable result. I I think that's, that's not too bad at all, but theoretically they could make it. I I think if you'd have said at this point that, you know, that the players they're getting back at this point, Luis Diaz coming back, I would have said, okay, outside chance. But Jim has sold it to me that is an absolutely hopeless cause because you just simply can't trust them.
3: Mm. It's a brilliant win, isn't it? But in a quite kind of chaotic manner. It's brilliant to
1: get the win rather than it being a brilliant exactly, win. Yeah,
3: the, the is...
0: Liverpool players that were interviewed after the game, they they actually said, "Oh, these are the games you want to be involved in." And I was kind of like, "Are they? <laughs> Do you really want to concede a late goal like that and think you're going to drop points after being three nil down?" I mean, wouldn't obviously... you prefer
3: to win six nil?
0: Is that where <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, going? Yeah, it is. Would you not? Would you not fish? Uh
4: I like grinding out games. <laughs> like actually. a one nil. Yeah.
0: A one nil over villa. I think it's
4: more respectful. Um, it's, yeah.
0: <laughs> so United winning, Newcastle winning. Is that top four done for you, Vish?
4: I think it is to a point. I think like United are grinding out games and, and Newcastle United are just slapping teams <laughs> like mm. they've got a vendetta against them. Um there's too much for Liverpool to to do because they'd have to rely on other teams beating you know Newcastle and Manchester United and I just don't see them dropping either team dropping enough points to let to let Liverpool back in or Liverpool winning all their remaining games yeah. to come back in. Mm.
0: Uh one final thing on the on that Liverpool game by the way. Um at the end of the coverage on Sky Sports, uh they announced that it was Graham Souness's last appearance on the channel. Mm. 15 years he's been a pundit. Yeah. He, and it was 15 his last years. yeah 15 huh. years at yeah. Sky. He
3: was, he was raging about British managers not getting enough of a chance like in his last ever last ever broadcast it's yeah. like yeah maybe maybe it's time to go
0: <laughs> do you do you will you miss him on the on the on the sky sports channel fish
4: um i suppose yeah I, I would to a point like he's quite entertaining um i think what what i find quite interesting with him um even though he does say random shit like that is you know in, in the times if you look at some of his puns, there were a lot of times where he was quite clumsy with his words um whether it was like perpetuating stereotypes around, you know, not just black players, but other players from the continent or other parts of the world as well. But over the last couple of years, I do think what's quite interesting is that he has been, that he has shown a willingness to learn and learn quite publicly yeah, first like first, yeah, doing it in the sky studio. I think he's, talked uh, very well about race in the last couple of years and also um, things like uh, homophobia in football. He was very good on that. I think there were a couple of videos that were doing the rounds yesterday from when he was talking about going to Brighton Pride and stuff like that and for a guy who a lot of the things he says, you know, specifically the British manager staff and certainly the way he played the game and the kind of character you extrapolate from that, it was it's quite refreshing for someone who in your own head would probably you might think is set in their ways. Like, uh, you know, he's entertaining, interesting and I uh, I think he will be missed. Yeah.
0: Maybe he didn't want to be on air when Brighton qualified for Europe after the comments he made about Roberto De Zerbi coming to the Premier League. There's also
4: that as well. I mean, but he, <laughs> he he definitely wasn't alone in that.
0: No, I know. I'm only joking. That was very tongue in cheek of me. But Brighton did thrash Wolves 6-0. Um it was an amazing amazing performance from Brighton. They absolutely Ate the wolves alive, those pesky seagulls, didn't <laughs> they, Andy?
4: <laughs> and seagulls are like we've all agreed they are, massive. they are massive, and they're also the dickheads of the, of, you know, the of the animal kingdom, aren't, they're, they're they're rat the sky, yeah, aren't, aren't
0: they? Rat of the sky,
4: aren't they? Rat of the sky,
0: the rat of the sky. Should we some bat? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, six nil, six brilliant goals as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was an interesting combination of Brighton being really ready to get the Forest game out of their system. In, in the week because I think in retrospect when they look back at it in three weeks time I wonder if Brighton will think that that loss at Forest did us a favour because they look so leaden after what happened at, at, at Wembley and I, I had that feeling after Wembley they've given so much this season they could end up with absolutely nothing mm. but I think after the Forest game they thought if we don't get over this quickly we are going to end up with nothing yeah and so this was them getting out of their funk i think you have to credit derby uh, for changing the team for freshening it up a bit i know you weren't particularly excited about the the starting was, lineup were well, you well
0: i was just a bit like oh i was a bit do you know what it was more than not i wasn't actually that worried that we wouldn't be able to beat wolves because mm. wolves haven't had the best season i wasn't worried that those changes would mean that we wouldn't get anything out of the game I was more concerned about the fact that he's had to leave out that many of our regular starting yeah. players because of tiredness, fatigue, mental fatigue, whatever that, that, that it was. Thing, that was the thing I was more worried about. they
1: still got a lot of games to play. I think that's yeah. the, the, the reason you have yeah. to hedge a little bit with 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 Brighton. But I think in this game, it was an immediate reaction to those midweek games, both with them thinking, right, we've got to get on with it. We've got to sort ourselves out after the Forest game. And with Wolves... It gave so much it was such an emotional occasion, them feeling like they got over the line against Palace in the week. Mm. They didn't feel like they had anything left. Yeah. Like that they, they they turned up like they were on the Jolly Boys outing it, or something like that. I, I mean, it was an awful performance. They if, were terrible. If, if if Brighton had won 10 0, you wouldn't have said it was unrepresentative of the game. No,
0: because there were other chances that Brighton should have so put many, away in the match. So many. Yeah, as yeah well. I mean, they,
3: they were playing out from the back very, very poorly when they got punished on a couple of occasions. I think Wolves have done enough to be safe and then just piled in, and I respect it. I
4: really <laughs> yeah, respect.
3: Same. Oh, yeah. Same. Oh, We're fine. It's been a horrible season. This is why Lopetegui kept saying no, isn't it? Yeah. You can see it on the touch. I just, oh, God, I knew this would happen. But we, we've spoken a lot about Brighton this season Jules um, let's hear some more about Hove Hove never gets a look in <laughs> in this situation people forget it's their Premier League status as well mm. it
0: is you're right Hove, Hove being the posh part of Brighton Hove, Hove actually, actually darling. Well, it's
4: where, where Sussex cricket ground is so yeah, yeah that is very much the posh bit
0: very much the posh bit um, which of the goals was the poshest maybe Undav's chip
3: Oh, Undav's chip or or Gross's second goal, of oh, volley. They were both brilliant,
1: brilliant. Goal. No, but, but everyone but likes but a chip at the seaside it. as well. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah but,
4: but, but but a chip is posher. Than a, than a volley. I th- yeah, I think. I think you're right. Volley's a bit working class. So, yeah, no. <laughs> volley's a bit industrial, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this was like garlic aioli, chip. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> was, triple fries.
0: Oh, six six sensational goals from Brighton. Two of them by 32 year old Danny Welbeck.
3: Oh, I love what Danny Welbeck. Guy. Yeah, that guy Welbs.
0: That guy Welbs on the score sheet again. Could have had a hat trick as well. He could have. Um, Thanks like
4: to the Wolves being very accommodating. <laughs> Do you, so, so. You know he's one of the older players in the squad. You're linked to James Milner as well. Yeah. Are you trying to do this thing where, you, know, like on um uh like Storage Raiders or you know those kind of shows where they like sell old tat. <laughs> yeah. And they basically just the whole point is like get it and flip it because so many people are interested in where Brighton do their business. Yeah. They're like, well, we can do. Ju- we can drink. just make a quick quick buck on. This old 37-year-old over here. And
3: before you know at the starting some 13-year-old Paraguayan defensive midfielder who's the best player you've ever seen in your life.
0: Exactly. We'll find another 19-year-old and see-so. Exactly, you but
4: know. you but people will be like, oh, who's 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 that chiseled graying? No.
0: I think it's clever, actually. I think because there are so many young, inexperienced players in our squad actually having those older heads that have been there and done it. Yeah. One titles at at Brighton, you know, you've got Adam Lallana there. So Milner and him obviously played together for a while at Liverpool. Mm. Having them team up to get like Lallana is has been. Basically lauded at the club as like one of the most Im- important players in the dressing room because of his experience and because of his intelligence in the game, and I think just maybe adding a player like Milner into that just yeah. kind of helps balance things out. Maybe.
3: Well, the aim is European football, right? And it's not unrealistic. It's Come a on. lot. It's a lot more games. I like can't a lot handle more it. Games. It's
0: <laughs> actually making me feel a bit sick. I don't like it. I don't like being this good. <laughs> How has this happened? It's just,
4: well, there's
3: something to lose, right?
0: I think, Jim, you're right. Now that it feels very possible because of the way other teams around that that would normally be sitting in those areas of the table would be, like Chelsea, um, aren't there. It's It's the season where it's doable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, and now we have all these games in hand as well, it feels like if we don't do it, it'll be like, no, like we were so close. Yeah. This was the season to do it in. And, and obviously then there's... Tell a, me
3: about it. There's, yeah,
0: <laughs> there's, the, um, there's the knock-on effect of if Brighton don't qualify for Europe, you then can expect a little bit of some of our best players going in the summer. Yes. Whereas if Brighton qualify for the Europa League, I don't think they leave. I think they all want to stay and and maybe bar one... Or even if they do,
3: replacing them is easier.
1: mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're so good at recruiting, aren't they? I reckon, while you're ahead, qualify for Europe, sell Caicedo for an absolute fortune and live off the money for a really long time like a seagull that's just stolen (laughs) us off the
0: Well, to be fair, that always does seem like a succession plan and I didn't know that Billy Gilmore would potentially... I mean, we've waited so long to see him actually play a full game, and, and he was yeah, he brilliant. Was right. Wolves, absolutely brilliant. Um, right, well, we'll see how it all works out for Brighton, um, and we will talk about the title race. Obviously, Arsenal don't play until tomorrow, Tuesday, against Chelsea, but Man City were in action at the weekend, and they went top. More on that next. Oh, shit, I need to press the button. <laughs>
1: I cannot believe we've come back. Is there time for a winner here, come boys? On. Is there time for a on. winner? Why not? This is one of the best Premier League comebacks you're ever likely to see. 3-0 down after 15 minutes. Shame it means nothing. These players. Oh, no! Oh, my God. Jota in the box. Oh, my days. What are you doing? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, poor oh, bastards. My oh, my God. Bless
3: them. They're really sweet, those guys. They They suffer i <laughs> tell you at the moment if Richarlison takes his shirt off before bed he's going to fall out of his bedroom window it's just... <laughs> It's just astonishing
1: this, this stuff. This is the worst. Arsenal fans pitying you. I know, yeah. I, I mean, it, That's just the real though, though, isn't it couldn't it? get any worse.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, guys. Jules, Jim, Fish and Andy here with you this Monday to go through uh, what's been an amazing weekend in the Premier League. Huge stories everywhere, including that one. Uh, we've already talked about it. Spurs chucking away their equaliser late on. 90 seconds later, Liverpool winning the game. Um, and also... <laughs> Why Mer- are you talking about just it again, the to <laughs> internet. <laughs> Just one more mention, um, and also sorry, Jim. Manchester City beating Fulham two one and going top of the Premier League yeah. table. So Arsenal didn't play this weekend, but no. it was still a bad weekend for you. It Although was. slightly <laughs> better with Spurs' result. You, you got
4: stop take... make, don't keep mentioning Spurs. <laughs> they're like they're probably Spurs. i like, listening to this, thinking right. I've they've got switched off now. off. They've, yeah. yeah.
3: they've done well. It's like Raptors
1: made it in, in the kitchen. Well, look, look, look it's, it's I think a lesson for those people who want to wind it on 25 minutes, who want to wind on the ad break, you can't get away with it. We'll keep getting you.
0: After VAR got us at Spurs, they're they're my least favourite team now, (laughs) along with Chelsea. Yeah, they
4: they really had it coming to them, didn't they? Because of that one incident. (laughs) One incident?
0: It was about 70 in one game. (laughs) Um, So Man City, they beat Fulham. I mean, we all expected it to happen, but actually... Well,
3: Marcus guaranteed me that City weren't going to get past um, Tim Ream in particular, who then gave away a penalty. So I'm I'm very disappointed in him, him lying to me about that.
0: Was Tim Ream the one that also broke his wrist? I
3: don't know. Yeah, yeah, he went off no, injured. He yeah, went yeah. off injured, oh. and I think
0: he's broken his wrist. He had to go to hospital. Well, that's lesson. not gone
4: well, is it? It's no, not it gone hasn't. Well it. That's a double lie, isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, fair play to to Fulham though, because when they scored that equaliser, I did think to myself, "Ooh, yeah. there could be Brilliant a game goal. here." Yeah, it was
4: a great goal. It was. Yeah, it was really well taken for a player in Carlos Vinicius, who I always just regarded like a bit of a scarecrow. <laughs> You know, like you know, sometimes like if people in America when they're using like um, lanes where you have to have more than one person, they might put like you know like a, a doll in the, in the passenger seat. <laughs> he just like feels like he did it when he was at Spurs when they couldn't yeah. when They wanted to rest Kane like, well, he's a striker, but if we just put him in the field, then like
1: maybe the birds won't attack our crops. But like, is, he's is a it, bit like that with Mitro as well. Isn't anyone who backs up Kane or Mitrovich a scarecrow? Yeah, to a point. Because yeah. you're you're, ne- you're never going to get to play. So, Carlos yeah. Vinicius is actually a pretty good player, but he's just had no opportunity, and he's not really put himself in the position to have the opportunity mm. to really play much top level football in the last three years, has he? Does because he have a of, uh, being a footballer? It's all about the choices you make as well. Isn't yeah, it?
4: yeah. But, does, but with regards to the choices, is that the kind of vibe he's on? Like, does he just want to be like the Stuart Taylor of the striking world, <laughs> <laughs> or like the Scott Carson? <laughs> That's decent. I like that. That's not bad. I, w- I would take that living.
0: It's like, what did, what did they call it? Uh... Sort of what you do on the Ramble, isn't it? <laughs> A little bit, yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 oh! <laughs> That
3: was better than Vinicius' (laughs) (laughs) finish.
0: Oh, dearie me. Um, What about Alvarez's winner? What a a goal. What a
3: player as well. I mean, we were talking about him at the beginning of the season. um, His ball striking in particular has a real variation to it. And this was another example of how he just seems able to score every type of goal. And it looks like Pep Guardiola afterwards seemed to realise that he's worked out how to play them together. It's like, oh, for God's sake, the last thing
1: we need. There's that and there's the fact that he's used him over the last little while to replace Kevin De Bruyne mm. which really annoys De Bruyne and then he comes out and plays like right I'm going to show you yeah and you know De Bruyne's good enough anyway he doesn't need to be provoked into playing better does he but yeah. that's exactly what's happened.
3: it's really really exceptional and actually after a big win like they got against us in in midweek it, you there is a danger that you might be you might coast a little bit, take certain things for granted, maybe not have the same intensity, but this was a very, very professional win. And Pep said that himself afterwards, that, you know, that was the concern there to make sure it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And this is, it's the mentality that they have and, and, you know, the experience they have showing, whereas like you, you look at any game and they've, they've got some games against, you know, relegation-threatened teams, which, as we've said many times, like they they can be a bit spicier at this this stage of the season because you've got teams fighting for their lives. It's you, you just sense that it doesn't matter with City; no. That they, they're probably going to win every game. It's just it's just the way they're oiled. It's incredible. Maybe they just won't sign anyone in the summer. That'd be fairer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: have you resigned yourself to it now, Jim? Um, yeah,
3: I mean, Arsenal have to also try and win every game just in case. What but is it? They, five games left. Yeah, and they need they need to lose two of them. So uh, over to the ferryman next. But I can't, I can't see that happening. So, Aww. yeah, we'll see, won't we?
0: Champions League football next season, Well, though. exactly.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, still, it's still... As Pep Guardiola wicked.
1: kindly pointed out before this, <laughs> which was nice of him, wasn't it? He's yeah. Very
0: nice of him. Um, let's have another Erling Haaland chat, shall we? Because it's getting ridiculous now, isn't it? I mean, we knew he would break records once he started breaking them at, at the start yeah. of the season, but this is actually getting silly now. So he now has 50 goals in all competitions this season. It's the most ever for a Premier League player. He also has thirty four league goals, which puts him level for the most goals in a Premier League season and the most ever in um, in a season of this amount of games in a thirty eight uh, game season. So it's just it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't he, it? He's
3: starting to break records set by fictional characters in Royal Rovers. <laughs> like it's it yeah. absolutely mad. But,
1: but honestly, like having seen a lot of him over the last couple of years before he turned up, is it's not even faintly surprising. What is surprising to me is the fact that he takes such an overall part in City's game now you know when you were talking about numbers before with that Stoke QPR game that we're not allowed to ever mention again Mm. I I think that shows that statistics in isolation are, are really unimportant and so much was made of Holland in the first part of the season that he's only touching the ball 15 times a game 20 times a game but what touches You know Mm. the 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 fact that he manages to assist, the way that he combines with De Bruyne, it's it's not just him standing there and De Bruyne serving him. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the difference with him. If you look at his statistics over the last couple of years, his goal scoring output, it looks like it's just one straight line of him being relentless. But actually, the way that he improves as an all round player at Dortmund gets him in a position that he can do what he does at City. And he's improved over the season. He's improving so much still. So it feels like the goals is just relentless. He's the same as he was like last season for Dortmund. He'll be the same next season, whatever. You know, the goals, they're, they're almost something you can take for granted. But him as an overall player, what's so frightening about him? If he doesn't get injured, he will be so much better than this in two seasons.
0: Mm. He's, that, 20, he's only 22 thing. and we've got to yeah. remember how young he is. And I mm. think, I think as well as his intelligence of his movement on the pitch and his incredible talent at finishing that that obvious is so obvious to see i think one of the most impressive things about him is actually his attitude i interviewed him after city beat leipzig 5-0 and one of the things that i i still take away from that interview is he remembered not just the 5 goals he scored but every chance he missed so when I interviewed him and we asked him about, you know, scoring those five goals, he was like, yeah, but it could have been more because there was that one. And then there was that one and there was that yeah. one. He is so desperate to score goals and to score more goals. And what's, what's so impressive about the numbers that he's put up already, it's 50 goals in all competitions. But there have been, I think, four or five different occasions this season where he's been on for a hat-trick. And if you count the double hat-trick in that Leipzig game, where Pep has actually taken him yeah. off when he's been on a run in a game where he could score a hat-trick or he could score a double hat-trick. He's been substituted in matches quite early on because they're trying to save his fitness and, and ensure he doesn't get injured. So 50 is a is a ridiculous number, but it genuinely should be more.
4: Yeah, and and also if, if you look at those numbers alone, then it's very easy to get your idea, get this idea in your head that he's one track minded. Whereas as Andy said, like the way he he's now helping out other aspects to Man City's players, yep. fascinating. Even the Fulham game, what's really interesting is that you know it, he he get people defenders try and bully him all the time, but he's not only strong enough to resist them. But he know, he's smart enough to to not take the dive if he feels in his one on one battle that someone that he has the better of someone mm. and he can take a touch he also knows then that like well, that's one person over here which means there's a space over there. I know I've got runners either side of me. I know mm. Kevin's just over there and <laughs> um, and you know lays the ball off often first time as well like I think that's another underrated part of it because he's so big a lot of the things he does which are technically good don't look as good on him because he's just a bit. Too limmy, I suppose, but not that limmy. Limmy would be. But there, there is, like, you know, you you kind of break it down what he does, and it's it's remarkable, really. And Andy, don't ever say that he can get any better in two years' time because that's frightening,
2: scary. Yeah.
3: Isn't um, it? Isn't it? is is it actually possible when you consider that he's breaking records and stuff? Surely it can only really this level can only be maintained. I know, obviously, he could technically no, but, score well, a few uh, more the, goals, the, the, but it the seems thing so is, we're, we're, we're,
1: talk- we're talking, we're talking about who he
0: plays with. Yeah, like with, you never with... know who he might. Yeah, exactly. And we're we're talking about
1: the expression of how good he is just being numbers, which I think is Mm. a bit of a legacy of how we look at footballing excellence post Messi and Ronaldo. You know, numbers have to say everything. I think there's there's so much more to it than that. I think that's the thing. When people say who's going to be the next best player in the world between um, Holland and Mbappe, which I find a bit of a dry conversation just as I did with Ronaldo and Messi, I think the thing is there's far more scope for... Mbappe's amazing, and if he keeps doing what he does over the, the next 10 seasons, for example, he'll be one of the best players to have ever played the game. With Holland, there's, there's much more an upside, I, I, I think.
0: Well, the last time a top-flight player scored 50 goals in a season was in 1931, before Winston Churchill was prime minister. I did not think Winston Churchill would be mentioned in a football show, but this happened by BBC journalist's uh, after the game on Sunday, um, when asked, Pep Guardiola said his players don't need a leader like Winston Churchill. But he seemed so amazed by the fact that it was before Winston. Ch- he was he was so amazed by this, wasn't he? When the journalist mm. said, "Oh, you know, it was 1931," was And he went, "What? Yeah. Before Winston Churchill?"
3: Yeah, before- he just brought it up completely He's organically like- when when Churchill was here and he did that thing where he looked. He, frankly, he looked a bit high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was so amazed by it, wasn't he? It yeah. Was, it was it was a classic pep His interview this one.
3: Brain is fascinating. I'd love to spend a day inside it.
0: <laughs> ah, oh, lovely stuff. Um right, let's get to the the fight to survive in the Premier League. Um big game at the Vitality Bournemouth beat Leeds 4-1. Bournemouth I mean Gary O'Neill is doing an incredible job at keeping them up isn't he he
1: is can I just say I can't believe Leeds aren't in the bottom three
0: I know how how are they not
3: yeah Leeds started this really really well and for them to lose it 4-1 is is really damning Chris Sutton said that they will endure a series of losses followed by a draw with Tottenham in a gloomy <laughs> farewell at Elland Road. Everyone having a dig. Here they are again. Everyone having a dig.
4: <laughs> they've, they've been, they've, like, basically, their month of April has been beyond like, shipping a shit ton of goals. Like 23? A Haaland level of goals. 23? In month.
0: They conceded 23 goals in April. They actually broke their own record of last season. For conceding the most goals in a Premier League oh, month, shocking. by conceding 23. Newcastle, by the way, have conceded 27 goals all season. <laughs> Leeds conceded 23 in one month. Yeah, wow. that is
4: dire. But they've they've also been they've Eric been, they've, they've been starting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Spurs.
4: They've been uh, they've been starting games well, and then just capitulating like hysterically. I mean, a lot of credit should go to Bournemouth because like going into this period everyone said right you need to beat the teams around you and that's pretty much exactly what they've yeah. done and the way that Gary Neal's worked it I mean the fact that they are level on points with Chelsea Yeah.
1: like Chelsea have two games in hand they actually play each other on the weekend but that is astonishing in itself I mean Leeds are not untalented but they look so callow at the moment and when that that lack of Quality experience, I think, is is, is really shown in what's happening to some of those talented young players. Like you talked about those 23 goals in the month, Melier is having a
4: terrible good god, yeah, Yeah. terrible. I feel bad watching him at this yeah. moment in time. But it feels it's, like it's, whatever it's, he's going through
1: should be private. Yes. Um, it's, it's funny, when you go back to the World Cup, people who, well, people who should know better, frankly, were saying, oh, well, now Hugo Lloris is retired. He could be the next France goalkeeper. I mean, I presume none of these people were familiar with Mike Magnon <laughs> yeah. at, yeah. at, at, at the time, but but still, you know, he's someone who's he's very highly rated and yeah, he's, he's he's really suffering, isn't he?
4: Yeah, it's been quite, but also just like, I, I don't know what the situation with having Garcia and uh, Nonto is, but, you know, you saw the weekend. I think it was his first start in a while, mm. or something in ten games, and he looked brilliant. And he was like so lively, and it was clearly so useful yeah. for Bamford to have him up there. I'm not entirely sure why he isn't just.
0: I'm not sure either. Just from, letting them loose, yeah. From what I've been reading and hearing from from Leeds fans, I think there's a, there's a lot of question marks over recruitment as well because mm. they they spent all that money on. Um, apologies for the the pronunciation, but is it Rutter? Jorginho Ritter, Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. And, yeah. and like we've barely seen him. We've the, barely seen him play, but he's, he's obviously a young player. But when you spend that much money, it, was that where they needed to spend the money when clearly was, they're leaking all be, these goals? He was
1: never going to be transformative. Uh, I, th- I think it's, it's, mm. it's, it's pretty clear. Like I said, there's a lot of talent there. There's no plan mm. at all, and even when they were winning games, because you know they they had moments I think under Jesse Marsh where they played quite well this season mm. and were quite attractive to watch. Then it was also, it was so chaotic, and they brought in a coach who's had no ability to change that whatsoever.
4: But I thought I always thought the chaos was going to work in their favour, but they're not even good at the chaos anymore. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, also, they run, their running is diabolical so they've got Man City next they've got Newcastle after that they've got West Ham at home and then that final game against Spurs, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, stay nice. up yeah. against Spurs. <laughs> You can see it happening. Stop, <laughs> stop laughing! Stop laughing whenever someone says Spurs. So <laughs> so
0: <lovely.
4: laughs> Look at you! You absolutely lost it.
0: I don't know why it's so funny. Uh, um, well, the lead supporters issued a, a no-confidence statement. They're asking for immediate changes to be made. Um, to the first team coach, Javi Grazia, and to what those responsible to to for the <laughs> recruitment of the managers.
3: They want changes to be made to him. <laughs> yes. they, don't, they don't want him fired. It's like, I don't know, like...
0: <laughs> Make him better. Yeah,
1: Some sort of RoboCop coach. <laughs>
0: Interesting.
3: <laughs> Horrible. Oh. I think, actually, this this sounds like a club in crisis, obviously, doesn't it? But um, a supporters letter like that should really act as as a catalyst for the players, right? If if, if that's not going to motivate you, then nothing is. Mm,
0: is not it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um big game tonight as well Leicester against Everton it is a classic relegation six-pointer isn't it um, and there is going to be a ramble reacts straight after the game um, so make sure you subscribe if you haven't already to get that in your podcast app first thing tomorrow it's going to be well worth a listen Um also another big game from the weekend, another 4-3. Two seven-goal thrillers from the weekend. Crystal Palace beat West Ham 4-3 at Selhurst Park. BBC Sport ran with the headline, Roy Hodgson, the great entertainer. He's picked up 13 points from a possible 18 since taking over. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Go on, Roy. I mean, Roy it, the boy. He didn't want to be a
1: great entertainer here, did he? I mean, I can't help but feel these, these really flattered West Ham. It's, uh, they, they, they were pretty poor mm. after, after taking the lead early on.
3: They're doing a Wolves. Probably done enough. Ah, (laughs) Screw it. Yeah. Yeah, Just have a run around and enjoy it. I had
1: an exam in the first year at university and knowing that it was just before England played Switzerland in the, the opening game of the European Championships. And that was on a Saturday. My exam was on the Saturday morning and I was charged with going and getting the drinks for everyone coming round. And I was an hour into an hour and a half exam and I thought, well, I've probably done enough to get the 40%. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chip off, make a head start, get get, get yeah. all the get all the drinks we need, and I got 42 no percent in that way. exam. So yeah. I was, I was lucky. I think I'm doing. They're doing exactly what I did there. Yeah. I
0: uh, how do we see both West Ham and Crystal Palace now? Palace are on 40 points, safe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, what, what about West Ham? 34 points, five points above the bottom. Three and they've played the same amount of games as Leicester and Everton, who, of course, face each other tonight. What do we reckon?
3: Yeah, I think West Ham have a little bit more jeopardy around them, but I think they, they will have enough to stay up. I mean, they could also win a European trophy. I know. So I, the, the ferry I, could go
1: in either direction. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the ferry's only going in one direction, Jim. I think... It's the going to Amsterdam. They're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're only going to stay afloat, if I may say, just mm-hmm. because everyone else below them is so shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to win this European trophy because look at their finances compared to everyone else in the competition. I felt for a long time they're going to have to work pretty bloody hard not to win the Conference League and I still feel that.
0: Mm. Yeah. I do feel like we've got to this point in the season where there's so many chaotic games, like like 4-3 between Palace and West Ham. Like That Brilliant. would not happen at the start of the season, would it? It's Great. Good stuff. Um, right, before we go, there is one bit of news that we have to discuss. Jim? Finally, happened. A player born after the invention of the football ramble made his debut at the weekend. The
4: invention of the ramble. <laughs> Can you
0: believe it? Yeah. It has happened. Um, Lamine Yamal, born July two thousand and seven, came on for Barcelona on Saturday night.
1: I mean, the weird thing about this is he made his debut. At He's 15. fifteen. Fifteen years and two hundred and ninety days. He came close to scoring near the end. So he would have beaten the previous younger, youngest La Liga scorer uh, record, which belongs to Ansu Fati, who was also on the pitch by over a year. Yeah. Because he was nearly 17 when he scored it. Also, 41-year-old Joaquin <laughs> was on the pitch for Betis at the time. It's amazing. He had made 215 first-team appearances in La Liga before Lamine Yamal was born.
3: Wow. Wow. Wow! That's, that's a lot, isn't it? It's I mean, Ethan Enwineri made his debut for Arsenal this season. He, he was a 15-year-old. I don't think I'd heard of that happening in, in, in the UK at all before this season. It's just like you have to start really young now, it seems. Maybe this is going to become normal, like 15-year-olds making their debut. Falcao made his debut at 15, and that worked out pretty well.
4: Aguero,
1: what, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: What are these kids up to? I don't have kids so I'm not I'm not kind of like wired into All I can that say world. is
1: they, they must be really shit at FIFA and Fortnite Yeah right, If they're okay. training at football all the time Maybe they're like
4: mobilising to take over Has anyone ever thought of that? <laughs> it's going to be like Bugsy Malone
3: I don't think I'd blame this generation of children for doing that
4: No That is entirely fair Yeah, Yeah
0: Amazing Makes the Brighton team look old <laughs> isn't it um, right that's all from us today Pete is going to be back in the hot seat for Ramble Reacts after that big game between Leicester and Everton tonight Jim and Vish you're going to be doing that with Petey tonight I wonder yeah. how hungover he's going to be from his birthday weekend <laughs> I'll be surprised if he gets any sense you get any sense we out should of him. probably
4: message him telling him he's doing it yeah we, we should <laughs> Let's do that
0: now. Uh, that'll be waiting for you and your podcast player first thing in the morning and then later on tomorrow afternoon we're going to be releasing our next Guide To episode which this time round is on Jamie Vardy
3: it was a laugh as well Mm. he's given us so much
0: he really has my favourite player (laughs) yeah Uh, right that's it guys good to see you all and we'll catch you soon on the Football Ramble thanks for listening as always it's part of the Acast Creator Network follow us on Twitter TikTok Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app